All right. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got four of us here tonight, WFNY crew. We've come together tonight to talk about 2022 top Cleveland sports moments, and we're doing it in a little bit different way. We're going to do a snake draft tonight where we go through, pick out our top 2022 Cleveland sports memories. Can be anything Browns, Cavs, Guardians, Lakery Monsters, if you want to get kind of funky, is on the table here tonight. I'm watching you, Ethan. I know you got some you got some good stuff. I, I know it's coming Lake Erie Monsters wise. So got my eyes on you. I, I mean, if the 2022-2023 NHL season is any indication, then there's definitely many, many more good Lake Erie Monsters memories than there are Blue Jackets memories right now. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Since we we'll just do a quick intro too. We've also got Evan on the line. Evan, thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate you being Thanks for having me as always. This, yeah, this will be fun. Um, when you pitched the idea to me, I was in Salt Lake and I'm like, you know, this is a fun idea. And I was just thinking about Cavs centric moments. And then you expand it to pretty much any pro sports team or just anything that is sports related in Northeast Ohio or I guess Ohio, if you want to include the Blue Jackets for Ethan's sake. Um, it's pretty nutty at the end of the day. So we'll, we'll see where we'll see what happens. <laughs> See where it goes. And Matt, I think this is your, since our last failed experience with Craig, I think this might be your, your first time on the pod. How you doing, man? I'm doing, hopefully this one goes better than the 30 seconds one. So let's hope that. Perfect. Yep. All right. So the way that we're going to do this tonight, again, I said it's a snake draft. So we have four of us here. We're going to do three rounds. So there's going to be 12 selections in total. Uh, the way that our, our snake draft ended up, uh, the lineup is going to go myself, Evan, Ethan, Matt, and then Matt's going to start off the second round. So we'll, we'll just go reverse from there. So we'll have three rounds, 12 picks. Uh, we already did the random number generator to get our draft odds. And again, we're picking top Cleveland sports moments of 2022. Um, and I am on the clock, so I, I don't have the rights to that music. The da -na -na -na. So I'm just going to go ahead and get us started off. Um, you know, the Guardians gave us a lot of good memories. The Browns, very few. Cavs have given us um, some pretty good memories in 22 as well. First pick, I'm starting off with something that I was in the stadium for. Oscar Gonzalez, home run, Dick. game winner, walk off against Tampa Dick. Bay. 15th inning ALDS uh and I was like three rows away from Spongebob uh, so I was on tv for a second Josh Paloha actually texted me he's like dude are you there I'm like oh yeah I'm here right now um it was unbelievable 15 innings it was cold they stopped selling beer like two hours before the game goal it was a Cleveland diehard and it was just it was the absolute best it was the peak voice was lost and in the 15th inning sending us to the knees that's a that's a really good pick um i we should just go around the table and talk about where we were when that moment happened i was driving to columbus because my fiance had her college homecoming that weekend and she wanted me to meet a few of the people in our bridal party for the first time and i'm like you know pressure and then i'm like hey do you know the uh guardians affiliate for columbus she's like no why and i just like quietly kept walking out of the house because i had no service to check the score and then like i was just like 
doing like a celebratory fist pump on a sidewalk and a bunch of strangers are just watching this strange bearded man celebrating for no reason in the middle of uh, <laughs> I believe a Saturday afternoon that's incredible man and it, it, it warms my heart as like the predominantly baseball guy here like I even waiting for next year yes while being an all Cleveland thing I am exclusively baseball in my contributions here so it warms my heart to see this pick at the top I was actually Watching this game at home from my couch, uh, I had paid for a month of sling or something so that I could watch the playoffs while they were happening. But the game was dragging on so long that my fiance said, we need to go run errands. So I was in the middle of Polaris Mall when I got the notification that the walk-off happened, and I about threw my phone up to the second deck. But it just capped such an incredible season for them. I mean, that team debuted 17 rookies. They won the division. Oscar Gonzalez is an incredible story from a guy who 95% of people thought was going to be just a swing and miss machine and comes up and hits for average and not as much power as he was advertised as. So there's just a lot to that moment, man. The, the 2022 guardians were special. Yeah, I can agree. I was also in the stadium too, but I, I was, so for me, when I went to the home run, um, Corey Kluber, of course, is on the mound. So, a book into beginning to another. As soon as the slider into that sea of red and left, dude, I was just jumping. I was jumping just arms. I was jumping into my, my dad's arms. It was, it was one of the most excited just being in that, that ballpark. 100 games, and that was like a tie. Like, and to share that with my dad, like, it was just a, what a moment. Incredible. Unbelievable moment. All right, next up, Evan gets our second pick. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a coward's answer, but this is an all-time sports moment for me because similar to Seth, I was in-house for it. Of course, I, it was at work, but... Being able to witness Donovan Mitchell score 71 points, it was absolutely mind-boggling. Um, I believe he scored 55 points in the second half alone. He's just a bona fide microwave, a bona fide bucket getter. Um, sure, a lot of people can point out and naysay to the fact that the uh, second chance opportunity that sent the game to overtime in the first place shouldn't have counted based on the two-minute report, but it has no impact in the grand scheme of things. It's just the NBA providing clarity with the refs at the end of the day. But that's my pick. Um, it's just yeah, that's that, that was the moment you're like, okay, this this Cavs team's legit. Like they are built a different way, and they have found their quote unquote guy to kind of take them where they need to be. Like I feel very comfortable in saying they're a top four team in the East now after just kind of fully assessing Donovan Mitchell up to this point and. Excited to see where they go, but like that that moment was special and it was historic. I think that's the other thing too is like not many other players have scored seventy points, and it's the highest scoring game since Kobe Bryant up to that point when Kobe scored eighty one. So yeah, it was pretty nutty at the end of the day. Like that that's my pick. It's a home run pick. I was split between that and Donnie seventy one. I mean, it's incredible. I was like sweating in my living room, jumping up and down. It's just you just don't see it. I know this year everyone's scoring a bunch of points, but they're not scoring seventy one. Uh, historic all time. Not only are you not scoring seventy one, but he's also the most points scored or assisted on since Wilt's one hundred point game. I think Donnie had his hands on ninety points in that game total with assists. So yeah, was- let's not forget that part either. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was, it that was ninety-one oh four, which is insane. Yeah, it's it's just it's absolutely bonkers, and the fact that like they had to follow up that game, like I on my own show, Lots on Cavs, I'm like, this was like a Disney storybook ending. Like, Disney could have written this movie, it would have run to credits, and then that's after that. But, like, nope, they still had to play games after that. But, and it's hard to believe it's already, it was even before the midway point of the season when that happened, too. So there's still plenty of room for the Cavs to have a couple more highs between now and probably when the playoffs start. Yep. All right, Ethan, you got pick number three, man. So naturally, the guy who uh, is the diehard baseball fan here is going to go with a baseball pick, but we're going to rewind it all the way back to May 9th. And if that date is significant to you as a Guardians fan, it should be. That is Josh Naylor's All the Smoke game. Josh Naylor, Guardians first baseman in DH, is an absolute psycho. And this game taught me a valuable lesson. Trailing four runs in the top of the ninth, Josh Naylor steps up to the plate in Chicago against the White Sox and hits a game-time Grand Slam. Fantastic. Sends the game to extras. In the 11th, Josh Naylor comes back up to the plate with the game tied at 9, still from his Grand Slam, and hits a three-run home run to put the Guardians up 12-9. to He is giving every fan in Chicago the business He is running into the dugout. He is looking for Andre Knott. He is looking for the camera, and he is yelling all the smoke at anyone and everyone who will listen to him. He set some history. He is the first player in MLB history with two, three-run or better home runs in the ninth inning of a game or later. It is insane what he has done. And that game taught me a valuable lesson because it was early enough in the year that I had not bought fully into the Guardiac kids. I actually shut that game off because I had written it off. I thought it was over. I didn't count that team out the rest of the way and witness some of the greatest comebacks in a single season I have seen in baseball history, led by a bunch of literal babies. These are children, and that moment absolutely resonates with me. I was going to interject if these are actual babies. Um there's some serious issues there but yeah that is a special moment josh naylor naylor sorry giving all the smoke smoke is good and he also just has a great last name for when he has some certified moments like that because you can just say naylor nailed it at the end of the day and it just it's like poetry as george lucas says it it rhymes it all it all has a purpose matt what's your thought on that pick man oh it's it's a great pick one that signaled to a lot of this team might be better than what they thought. That was like the first time. Yeah, that heart, that just that ability to just scrap out and just like in that was becoming like a star in the town. Like that gets us that you know, great pick, Ethan. Yep. Love it. All right, well, Matt, you're up. So you have two picks in a row. So you're going pick number four and pick number five here. So what's your pick number four? Um, I'll go. Um, I would say like like the die because it was surprising. I think it's unfolded over 
over the months turned into like such a significant edit that it's changed the franchise. We're we're having some yeah we're having some tough time with the audio, Matt. Um, damn, yeah, we we're it was screeching for a while there, and it started to get really bad within the last thirty seconds. Can you hear me better? A uh, little bit. Do you want to try off? You want to try to go off video, and maybe that'll save uh, a little bandwidth. Okay. Yeah. Try, try one more time. Hello. Uh, All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Okay. So, uh, I, uh, Donovan, the Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Yeah. It's just, it's just not, it's just not going well. Um, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to throw it in the chat and we'll, we can kind of cover the pick for you. I think he's talking about the Donovan Mitchell trade, and I can fill in this space real quick because, to be frank, um, no one expected uh, when he first arrived in Cleveland, it was kind of a blindside for a lot of folks. And then when he was introduced, he offered full transparency to the media in attendance. Like, I, he didn't expect to be there either. He fully expected to be a Nick after the summer concluded or maybe had finished his time with the Jazz just up to this point. Maybe he gets traded later, so... Yeah, it's uh, Cleveland got a superstar. They cashed in their assets and got a great player. And like that was surprising to me. Like, it's a rare case where you can like the Guardians were killing it by then too. So like you're saying, like okay, the, the, this all three professional teams in Cleveland had the potential to be good to great in no time at all. And it's really exciting to think about. And like just seeing Donovan Mitchell there, like a bona fide stud. And arguably one of the best players at his position really crystallized that moment for the Cavs, who had a great season the year prior. Yeah, man, there's been a lot of fun parallels between the Cavs and the Guardians, especially with all the youth that's been contributing and really turning the tides on the both of these teams very, very quickly. And I'm not I'm not gonna lie, uh Matt actually sniped me. That was gonna be my comeback on the on the turn here with the snake. I picked third, was hoping for fourth so that I could get Naylor and the spider trade back to back, but it was uh, it was it was a great moment, and and the dividends of it so far in this season have been absolutely incredible. We already touched on the seventy one points, but he's just such a great Batman. To and, and to no offense, a team that had a lot of Robins, like DG was really developing into a, a really nice point guard, but maybe not going to be like super duper star levels. And with Mobley and Allen logging down the front court, I, it's just you can't really find a puzzle piece that fit that whole thing much better than Donovan Mitchell does. The the fact that he's played so much better than frankly he ever has in his regular season career. He's had stints in the playoffs where he's been otherworldly, but this is the best he's ever shot in his entire career. I mean, he's just, it's, he's playing at a all NBA, you know, first team level. It's just unbelievable what he's done. And Matt, we're still having some audio issues with Matt. So he's going to, throw us in the chat here pick number five so pick number five for matt is the andres jimenez walk-off where the twins announcer said and we've had enough of the cleveland guardians ethan i gotta throw it to you man i, I know you know this like the back of your hand this is an incredible moment earlier <laughs> in the season when the, the twins kind of were the first horse out of the gate they seemed to be separating themselves a little bit the white Sox had some early I don't even want to say it was purely the injury issues. They had some Tony Russo related problems and the guardians were still kind of figuring it out. They, they hovered around 500 for like the first two ish months of the season. 
but for whatever reason, the Guardians, no matter how poorly they played, were just absolutely victimizing the Minnesota Twins in any series that they played early on in this year. To the point where one of their relief pitchers was so bad against the Guardians, he had the fifth highest win probability added for Cleveland while pitching for the Twins because he was so bad. But at one point in a four-game series, it was Emilio Pagan. Thank you, Matt. But in a four-game series that the Guardians just dinked and dunked the Twins to oblivion in a game they finally thought they had, and then Andres Jimenez steps up and hits a walk-off home run, the Twins broadcast was absolutely dead silent except for the sound of Guardians fans cheering. But sometime around Andres Jimenez touching third base, the Twins broadcaster cut in and just said, I think we've seen enough of the Cleveland Guardians. And then nothing until post-game. That's funny. It, that was, um, I, I still had my reservations about the Guardians and whether or not they were going to be good just because, you know, they didn't spend a lot. They weren't the White Sox, as Ethan mentioned. They, the Twins were kind of primed to win the division or at least be a contender in the division. And maybe it's just testament to how the Guardians play it. It's, uh, it's not the sexiest form of baseball, but it's their brand, and they certainly made it work at the end of the day because clearly they won the division and they made the playoffs. Like that was a that was a good run for the Cleveland Guardians, just to kind of kick things off, and a, a lot of fun moments for that team. Yeah, that that was about as sad as you'll ever hear any announcer in any sport. And I know all of us Cleveland fans were just second of it up. It's unbelievable. All right, great pick, Matt. Sorry you're having issues, brother. We'll keep keeping the chat and we'll keep running with it. Ethan, you have pick number six. So I'm not going to be a complete homer. I'm actually going to stray away from baseball. I did say I wanted the Donovan Mitchell trade. I thought that would be a great one-two punch, but I'm actually going to go with my backup pick here, which is Darius Garland's 50-burger against the Timberwolves. That was just phenomenal for a guy who isn't necessarily known for that level of output. And it felt like he needed that monkey off of his back, and he probably still does. He's had some injury luck this year that's just not doing him any favors and he hasn't quite been the player that we saw for long stretches of last year but i i think that one is really just a if this kid gets healthy watch out because the rest of the league is going to have problems stopping that whether he's the one scoring 50 or if he's got a healthy donovan mitchell shooting and just nailing everything like he has been it, that 50 burger is just a really nice coming of age i am here the league is on notice kind of game for darius earlier this season yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I've pretty much been to every Cavs go home game up to this point. It was special. Um, and I think you know more than anything about Darius. Like, a lot of young guys go looking, hunting for their shots, and they're probably beating their own chest after, like, the games like that. But Cleveland lost to Minnesota in that game. It was actually, for a while, one of the few. Like, I think the Cavs only had two home losses for the longest time, too. And, like, that really just stuck out. And Darius was, like, asked, like, oh, he had a great game. Like, this is a career high for you. This is a career night for you. He's like, I could care less. We didn't win. And he just kind of said that answer for every single time someone brought up his career night and all of his teammates and coaches are, like, singing his praises. He's just like, listen, I could score 60, 70. I mean, his teammate Donovan Mitchell did it a few weeks later. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't win. And I think just having that level of maturity is really good. And like you said, Ethan, it's a bit of a coming out party. Like he had last year was just a nuclear season in general for him. But to like kind of say like, hey, I'm still here and I'm still the lead guard of this team and I'm still like one of the de facto alphas of this team. And it kind of crystallized like, oh, this Cavs team could be really, really lethal when they're healthy, knock on wood, and firing on all cylinders. 
Yeah, it's a great pick. It was on my board. I was going to I was going to think about taking it in the third round. Great great pick, Ethan. All right, Evan, you've got pick number 7. Okay, so this one is really out there, but it was like one of the funniest storylines I followed in late October. But did you guys hear about the Lake Erie Walleye cheating scandal? Oh yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> so for those who don't know, there was a pair of fishermen who put weights, I believe, inside walleye and inside the gills to make them weigh over a hundred ounces to win a competition. And you know, that's that's cheating. And they were caught with like metal detectors and everything else. And I, I haven't had an update on it, but last time I checked, like they were facing prison charges for it. But like it was just absolutely insane to follow this story for the whole time. And it's just like why why cheat in a walleye fishing competition like it's the the sport of fishing may never recover especially in northeast ohio after this moment i think it came out after the fact that these guys were like serial cheaters across several different tournaments like this was a normal thing for them they just happened to get caught in one on lake erie but I, I mean that's hilarious and- like I, I had not thought about like professional fishing when we set the the blueprint for this. My my mind jumped to the big three leagues, and I was like, man, yeah, this is great. No, no, there's a bunch of fishers with some lead weights on a boat in the middle of the water. This is just yeah. It's, <laughs> it was so funny when it happened, and for those who listen to me on Rock Locked on Cavs on the regular. I very much say, like, I don't consume a lot of sports content. I look for weird stuff, and I get fixated on it. And this was one of those moments where I was just, like, scrolling through the news. or I think I was either watching the news, local news, or scrolling through it. And I'm like, there's no way. And then I'm, like, reading about it. And my brother, who's a huge outdoorsman, is, like, super heated about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this. <laughs> it's just, like, the most bizarre story <laughs> I've ever had to follow. And I love that I just got to see it go through like it did. <laughs> with how serious like the the fishing sports world took it it's like and i'm thinking they're like blood in blood out like it's serious business there and if you're cheating like you're like you said there was like serious like scandal jail accusation like it was very heated so it's just an and all-time it's, it's story it's funny because if you type in walleye and google right now like the fifth or sixth autocomplete option is walleye fishing lake erie cheaters so like it still has some traction to it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell of a pick. That that's the contrarian pick that might win Evan this draft. That was a Man, beautiful that was second uh, sleeper. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, my third yeah. round one's gonna be even better. I have two, Ooh, okay. two in my back pocket, I guess. So I can't tell if that's a threat or a promise. Why not both? <laughs> All right. So I got the last pick in the second round, pick number eight. Um I've got three that I like, obviously, for two slots here. For pick number eight, I'm going to go back to a point where the Cleveland Browns actually had hope in their season, and that was damn sure before the Jets game. I'm going to go back to week one when Cade York hit a 58-yard field goal, essentially game winner down in Carolina to put the Browns up to 1-0. and At that point, obviously, there's still life in the season. Uh, the Browns drafted Cade York in the fourth round. They got a lot of flack from, you know, a lot of different front offices and, and fans about you don't draft kickers that high. Well, they uh Cade York came and yeah, hit that 58 yarder, put the season on. And, and maybe most importantly for Browns fans, beat Baker Mayfield. That was a game that they really didn't want to lose next year. So that's going to be my number eight pick. What do you guys think of Cade York booting the 58 yard? Well, first, when he said a 58 yarder, I thought you were going to say during the pregame warm ups. And I'm just like, oh, you're really going to put him on a cross like that. But yeah, 
I feel bad for Cade York. He was given a unrealistic like weight of expectations put on his shoulders, but he's a fun kid. He's a fun kicker, and like you said, there's a lot of emotional hype and lead up to that game. Like Baker sold those really corny shirts, and I don't know. It was a, it was a ugly game. I think it was a fun game at the end of the day if you're just like watching football from a pure football standpoint, but. It was certainly stressful, and I think a really like a poetic way to kind of beat Baker because a lot of how Baker played, especially towards the end, was a lot of controlled chaos. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. Yeah, I think if the Browns learned anything from A, their division, and B, every year that's ever happened since Phil Dawson left, it's that you can't undervalue your freaking kicker. I, I mean, I think Chris Boswell, Justin Tucker have been here as long as it's been since Phil Dawson has left and the Bengals hit a jackpot in Evan McPherson last year. So it's just like, you're, you're not even in the same league of kickers as the rest of your own division, let alone the rest of the NFL. It's unfortunate how it unraveled for Cade. And I actually did a film breakdown about how his mechanics have broken down throughout the season for a friend who asked about it recently because he didn't understand why Justin Tucker was so damn good at what Justin Tucker does that he is the gold standard. It's really unfortunate what's happened to him, but at the time I completely understood the gamble of needing to find consistency at that position because you can't leave those points on the board at the end of the day in any game. So it's it's a tough one. It was a great moment for him, especially in his first pro game. Like <laughs> yeah. that, That's where the moment comes in for Cleveland sports fans. That's great. You have to give him that. You can never take that moment away from him. But... Yeah. It is just unfortunate how the rest of the season played out for Cade. Yeah. Yeah, there was nowhere to go but down from that <laughs> from that 58 yard. That's for sure. All right. And then down, I'm up. Down, uh, down's fair. I definitely say down is fair. Yeah. <laughs> the tough rest of the way for our for our boy Cade. <laughs> At least All he right. was in Noah Ruggles. True that. <laughs> True that. All right, so I am going to start us off in the third round. So I've got pick number nine. Um, th- this is really tough. I've got I've got moments from all three major sports teams right now, um, and I think they're all deserving. So this is kind of tough. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with more of a more of just kind of a storyline here. So call me a sucker. Call me whatever. I love Tom Hanks coming throwing the first pitch out and we had that, that beautiful w- Wilson ball, you know, running across the infield. That was just awesome. After Tom has given us like the voiceover of, you know, the name change of the guardians, uh, Mr. Hanks coming to town, throwing that first pitch out. And we got some comedic relief over Wilson, the volleyball. That was, that was like an awesome moment just to see him in, uh, you know, in the stadium and, and doing his thing was great. Yeah. And it, it's certainly just, interesting because you don't expect tom hanks to be a cleveland guardians fan through and through or rather an indians now guardians fan through and through but he has admiration for the city like he opened up to an interview with i believe joey morona with cleveland.com over it just about how 
uh, how much he admires it and how like him throwing out the first pitch like it was just a cool moment like you said and just like it reminds me of when um the Browns first came back and Drew Carey like introduced the team for the first time. He told everyone like, Hey, Cleveland sucks. He's like, well, now you can shut up. Cause there's a bunch of celebrities who still care about Cleveland sports quite a bit. And yeah, it was just, it was a cool moment. And especially because it's just like the, the, the city was definitely electric leading up to the home opener for the guardians that year, or I guess this last season rather. Yeah, I actually, I, I kind of have a, a, kind of alternate pick for you to toss out there too, because it was on the bottom of my list. I don't think I'm going to end up taking it, but I don't think Matt is either. So I'm going to throw it out there. But another one would have been when Patrick Carney of the black keys played drums for John Adams on opening day when he was in too poor of health to uh, really perform. But, but you know, the black keys doing the, the background music for Tom Hanks narrating the video, announcing the name change. And then those guys actually being involved over the course of the season is just a fantastic thing. And I know there was a lot of backlash over the name change and people weren't excited that ownership wasn't spending money, but winning heals all wounds. And it's just really great to look back on now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like, winning does heal all wounds and I think makes things a lot better. Um, man, like, I don't know. That, that's a good pick too, Ethan. Like, I agree with that. Like, that's a really good pick. Um, I, I smiled at first because I thought maybe you're going to go somewhere else with the, uh, with the bottom option that I'm going to just throw out there because I'm up next, but uh, mine was the um, mustard redemption story for the Cleveland Guardians this season. Yes. <laughs> gets sent down to the Lake County Captains after just have never, never winning once, and then he gets recalled by the Guardians towards the end of the season. And it was he, he made his return back for a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers, and the Guardians didn't happen to make any other roster moves at the time. But like that was that was an inspirational moment for me. Like you know, mustard really is Cleveland, where we're just lovable losers at the end of the day. And sometimes, some way, somehow, we eke out a win, and you just take that. He's he's a real he's a real um, blue collar guy, mustard. He lunch pail guy, first one in, last one out kind of situation. Sports descriptions in general but that that that'd be my first just like option option but i'm gonna think my actual pick is this is another obscure one but john carroll football turned 100 years old this year and that's my football pick is because they didn't play two years during world war ii so because the program started in 1920 but John Carroll, if you really look at like just the grand scope of things, is one a football coaching powerhouse. But like they have produced like some high quality players as well. And I mean, I know Josh McDaniels is kind of selling their legacy of what he did to Derek Carr today, but and just the season in general. But like that, that's kind of cool that like a school in Cleveland, Ohio, that's maybe not known for its athletics, is known as just like a tree to produce NFL caliber caliber talent in different avenues. There's a couple of those teams in that neck of the woods that don't get a lot of love uh, for the programs that they run. Mount Union, Purple Raiders included, and mm-hmm. all of that. But yeah, John John Carroll has been just a phenomenal staple for Northeast Ohio. It's incredible what's come out of that program. For those who maybe don't know, like London Fletcher has played for them. Um, Tom Arth, who the former Akron Zips head coach, coached them at one point. Josh McDaniels, as I mentioned, played for them. Um, Bill Polian, Brian Polian, um, Dave Ziegler, uh, Don Shula, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, coached there as well. Greg Roman, the current offensive coordinator for the Ravens, coached there. Um, like the, for some reason, somehow, some way, like 
John Carroll, and as Ethan mentioned, like Mount Union, just like a phenomenally great program nestled in Northeast Ohio. Like for some reason, like there's there's other good football programs other than just maybe the Browns that people could be focusing on to in NEO. Yeah, that's a great pick. I the only and I'll say the one thing I know about John Carroll is just the like you had mentioned the tree. I mean, the tree of guys that come out of that organization that have found success in the NFL is is not a short list. So that's a great pick, Evan. All right, then Ethan, you got number eleven. Ooh, I think Ethan, you might be on mute. I'm gonna mute yourself, buddy. My bad. This is an incredibly tough pick for me, and I'm very obviously going to go back to baseball here, but there are so many moments. We, we need probably 15 people in this draft to pick every moment from the Cleveland Guardian season that mattered or made an impact. I mean, and I'm going to throw... Must, if it's not the mustard redemption story, just go ahead and hang up. <laughs> you might as well leave now, then, Evan. No, I, I'm, I'm going to throw some honorable mentions out there right now because, like, obviously you could say the... A personal favorite would have been the Elvis Andrews says the Guardians are going to crumble and then the Guardians go to White Sox and sweep three games and go on to win the division the following weekend. That one's very much up there. The actual moment blowing out the Rangers to clinch the division, that one could very easily be in there. I could throw out Emmanuel Classe carrying the side, being one pitch off of a, an immaculate yeah. inning in the All-Star game. Like Those yeah. are all great Guardians moments, but I'm going to pick something from April. We're going to go all the way back to April 29th when Andres Jimenez wins Sue Kelly a car in the Ford Grand Slam payoff inning. They have been running that promotion for as long as I've been alive, and I have never once seen anybody get remotely close to it. And in the early days of Twitter, especially as many universes and Twitter worlds were forming and Guardians slash then Indians Twitter was just developing one of my favorite accounts at Sports Yelling. Her favorite thing was to just watch the Grand Slam payoff inning and would just scream and moan until anybody would come remotely close to doing it. And finally, Andres Jimenez was the hero we deserved. He won somebody that damn car. That is a special moment. Um, very, very good baseball pick at the end of the day. I'm surprised he didn't go with the uh, the Yankees situation either, but that's a good pick. And it's just, it's a very like heartwarming story. And like you said, like that, that's endearing. I don't know. That, that's special. And I think Ethan might have a crush on Andres Jimenez. So <laughs> if you've read my writing or listened to any of the corner casts, it's a little bit more than a crush. Andres, I love you. <laughs> He's also very subtle, so I just hopefully you're picking up on that. Um, all right, Matt, you've got pick number 12, and I'm going to go ahead and read it off for Matt. So Matt's last pick, it's a great one. It was on my board, is Jacoby's last game, specifically that game-winning touchdown pass to David Njoku. Uh, insurmountable comeback uh, that the Browns were you know, really faced up against. I think they, they needed to score twice in the fourth quarter. Came all the way down. Unbelievable. One of the best catches in the entire year in the NFL by David Njoku. Went up one hand, came down with it. Unbelievable catch. Unbelievable moment. I was there. Um, Matt, I'm sorry. I know I'm stealing your pick a little bit here. I promise I will write down your name <laughs> next to the pick. But it was an unbelievable moment. Uh, hell of a catch. And I think we can all appreciate 
what a professional Jacoby was. And, and I'm going to miss the heck out of that guy. If he's not on the Browns roster next year, which I almost hope he's not, I want him to go have a chance uh, to go start somewhere. And man, I'm, I'm going to miss that guy. It is a good pick. And that was a crazy catch too. And like a good send off, like Matt said, and like you said, Seth for just Jacoby in general, like nothing about a consummate pro, I think just knew like, hey, I'm not the long-term answer for this Cleveland Browns squad, but I'm going to play my hardest. He kept his head down. He had some bad games. He had some good games. He had some bad moments. He had some good moments. But like, if you want to crystallize his entire time with the Browns just based on that one catch from Njoku, yeah, go for it. Like that, that was just a cool moment and a cool way to send off like his overall time with the Browns. And I agree. Like, if he ends up elsewhere next season, that'd be great. But also, if he's a guy and he appears like everyone in the Browns locker room loves him, if he wants to stick around and kind of be like that culture slash, you know, good backup slash, you know, a sneaky gadget option for Kevin Stefanski, by all means, the Browns should devote a little bit of salary to it. Yeah, I don't know if there's any scenario where that happens. I think he played well enough that somebody's going to give him an opportunity to play next year. Um you know, there's always teams like the Washingtons of the world. He, he's not old enough to play for the Colts. He probably needs like 15 years more to play for <laughs> Indianapolis at this rate. But I, I do have to give Jacoby credit. Admittedly, I did not watch a lot of Browns football this year, but he was a consummate professional. The way that man stepped into what can only be described as the most chaotic media storm I've ever seen around a singular football team in history and the way he handled the press, the way he handled trying to lead the team to learn an offense to be like, yeah, I know I don't have a job after a week, whatever the suspension ended, but I'm just here to do that job. Like the the man was, if if anything, just the definition of a professional. And I respect the hell out of him for it. it yeah, I've shared this um on the Cavs cast amongst other, I think I wrote a little bit about it too. This was the least amount of fun I've had being a Browns fan and him bringing like a little bit of, <laughs> of good nature and happiness to the season meant a lot, you know, personally for me. And I think it did other Browns fans too, because it's been just toxicity and a shit show to be frank. So for him to be a professional, be a great guy, he's so positive. He's crying after that game winning game, or I'm sorry, game winning kick that Cade York booted um, just, him sharing how special it is to be a professional and, and go out and play. Just, it just meant so much to root for, you know, a good guy. So awesome pick, Matt. Uh, we love talking about your picks. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, uh, let's do this too. Let's go around really quick. Not, not to, not to hang on too long, but let's go really quick. Honorable mention. So I'll, I'll throw out a couple and then I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys too. So um, one that I, I would have loved to get um, was that awesome, uh, you know, the Cavs beating Boston in, in overtime, October 28th, obviously Boston making the finals last year. I thought that was a huge statement game. Uh, Donnie and Levert both had 41. That, that game was just incredible. Um, and then, yeah, the only other one, big one, I think that, you know, you look at a draft and they're like, holy shit, how'd the guys not, not draft this? It, it was the game winner from Oscar uh, against the Yankees, right? His walk-off was another great moment. I just, just didn't get it up on the board. Evan, what would you have on honorable mentions you didn't get to? Oh boy, this is a tough one. Probably for me, this is a more obscure one, but Cleveland won announcing they're bringing an MLN, MLS Next team here, but more importantly, they're bringing a WNSL team here, and I think it's just cool that Cleveland, which has a super rich professional soccer history, is investing so much into like building facilities and also just working on community outreach to get kids more interested in soccer and kind of make it more of a 
grassroots sport and a grassroots movement within Northeast Ohio. And I think that's just kind of neat, just giving kids op- other alternative options instead of soccer just kind of being that niche, obscure sport in a state where football is pretty much the predominant and, frankly, dominant sport that a lot of guys play. I, uh, I'm i going to thank you for that personally and say I appreciate that call-out because as a guy who grew up playing predominantly soccer and played it all through high school, like there was not any representation. I, I was on some bad teams, frankly, got really good my junior and senior year, lost in the playoffs to some really good teams. There was really good high school soccer in Northeast Ohio. Not a soul was paying attention to it except for the nine parents in the stands every game. So to see that the actual city investing in it at the professional level and the semi-professional level is just incredible to see. And the NWSL is very fun. We have a team down here in Columbus. The ladies are lovely. The games are incredible. If you guys get the chance to check them out when they do get that franchise up and running, highly recommended. Awesome. Do you have any other honorable mentions, anything else on your board, Ethan, that you weren't able to get to? Or has everything else pretty much been drafted? I left two off on purpose because I was hoping we would have the honorable mention round table, but I, I had to check with Matt when I rambled earlier for my last pick that I wasn't going to steal his. Uh, I have one Cavs pick and one Guardians pick that I left off. The Cavs pick is going back to the end of the 2021-2022 season, and it was the smooth as silk K-Love behind the back dish to Chetty for the corner three. Yes. That Great play. Moment. Oh, my God. That <laughs> was clean. I, I, I can, everybody in this room, including myself, can attest that I am definitely furthest down the pole on basketball in terms of what I keep up on and what I understand the best. But man, that play still makes me very, very happy. It is gorgeous. But uh, that's my Cavs moment. The Guardians moment that I left off, and we're going to go back to uh, Matt's moments of <laughs> Guardians moments that upset the opposing fan base. And we're once again going to victimize the Minnesota Twins. And it's the James Karinchak check his hair game. When Rocco Baldelli comes out of the dugout and accuses James <laughs> Karinchak of having a sticky substance in his hair and makes the umpire check him just to rattle him. Now, in Baldelli's defense, it worked. He gave up a home run later in that at bat. <laughs> but it proved to a lot of people who were thinking similarly that Karinchak was cheating, but it was just a mixture of sweat and rosin somehow. And he recovered his filthy form despite the different baseballs. So... He's still a psycho. Think what you will about our very own James Karinchak slash wild thing. But that moment is just absolutely hilarious to me in the grand scheme of a 162 game season. You got to find the little moments to laugh at during such a long season. And the, the, the tactical move of having the ump check is really smart. And it makes me think of my fiance who has fallen in love with Jamal Williams as a player just because he's so weird. And he's just like, he was giving all the Packers players high fives before the game the other night. I'm just like, honey, that was to rattle them and get in their head. <laughs> She's just like, he wouldn't do that. He was just being nice. I'm just like, no, I promise you that was a tactic to get in their head to get back at them. He's giving them high fives and telling them every single one of those players, he's the swag kage of the village hidden in the leaves. That man knows exactly what he's doing and I love oh, him yeah. for it. It's great. He is a different cat and we love it. (laughs) Absolutely love it. And in the chat, Matt posted to his honorable mention, which is great. It's another great moment is Josh Naylor hitting a walk off and headbutting Tito. I almost expected to see like blood run off his forehead because it wasn't like the softest. It gave him a pretty good, you know, nice little headbutt. So that was, that was another great one. (laughs) 
That moment goes so underrated because Josh's mom actually had to call him because Josh Naylor claims he blacked out and doesn't remember doing that until his mother called him and said, do you know what you just did to your manager and made him go apologize to Terry? He's a sicko, man. He is a sicko. (laughs) (sighs) I love it. Um, my last honorable mention is just to go back to last calf season is the Kevin Love redemption arc kind of coming full circle because heading into last season, uh, myself included, thought the Cavs should just buy out Kevin Love's contract and let him move on because he was old, washed up, and a toxic asset. And now look, he at least last season was one of the leaders for six man of the year, ultimately didn't win it, and Tyler Harrow got the honors. But it's crazy to think like one, Kevin Love is the last player from that 2016 squad still standing considering he was in every single trade rumor imaginable and more than anything it's just like he turned it around and went from being like kind of like a toxic locker room guy to just being like an overall like just vibes king and just a constant punching bag for like jared allen making fun of his age compared to the rest of the roster yeah, that big cap hit this year. We all, you know, we're thinking he's gone. And man, he, how well he played last year. It was something special. He was their, what, you know, fourth, fifth uh, most important member for a lot of the season. So he was, Absolutely. he was just awesome last year. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of puts a bow on it, fellas. That was a lot of fun. Um, Matt, I'm sorry we had to go through the chat, but I think we had a good time going through our 2022 Cleveland sports memories, uh, you know, for follow up, we'll, I'll go ahead and put this on a graphic. We'll get the poll out and, and have folks start to, uh, start to vote on it and hopefully kind of relive some of these moments themselves when they take a look at it, fellas, that was fun. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll try to, obviously Matt, you're excluded forever, but us three, we'll try to, um, <laughs> come up with some different topics. Maybe we'll be back and, and do this again. I had a lot of fun if you guys did too. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. I'd do this anytime. <laughs> Yeah, and I loved it when you put this when you dropped this in our uh, WFNY chat. I I think I responded within four seconds. Like I, I was like, sign me up. I'm I'm in on this one. I would love to do this. So yeah, invite me back anytime. Hell yeah, we'll definitely do it again, Matt. Just just joking with you, buddy. But uh, yeah, we'll be back. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with the Cavs cast. I know we're gonna have a bunch of other content out next week as well. Thanks all. Have a good night. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) 